Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. Oh, I have to belch. I shouldn't have started this until I did that. Oh, well, who knows when it'll come up. It'll be soon, though. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you're a Canadian or if, if you're not and you enjoy celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving, have at it. Oh, Thanksgiving. We're going to make this one a fast podcast. Why? Because there's goddamn sports on so many sports. This is my favorite time of the year. So maybe I'll speak doubly quick and then you guys can slow it down in your apps. So it goes regular speed. So it's still like a regular length podcast, but yet I spent less time. Let's go talk fast. I can't even do it. I talk as fast as I can, but I found out that my wife, she listens to the podcast on double speed. So I sound like some kind of deranged chipmunk. And she's like, you know, I just, I just want to get through it. That's not a ringing endorsement from your loved one. You know? My son, I bet he'd listen to it at regular speed. Oh, he loves me today. Don't know what happened today. It's kind of funny. I think it's because I needed it. You know what I mean? Here's, here's the deal. We were at the park today. Nice Thanksgiving day. Went to the park. Take the boy out to the park. Now, the weather here in Canada, at least here in Toronto, it, it's foggy, a little rainy, you know, and uh, about, about 11 degrees Celsius. So that's like 300 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know the calculation. Any hoozles, we were wearing, you know, like our fall jackets and little hats on, even though my wife forgot her hat. Idiotic, you know, she's pregnant. Well, you can't be getting flus and shit. Take your hat with you at all times. You get that's that's a tip for you out there. If you don't live in cold weather climates, or you if you live in a place where the seasons change quickly, sometimes some like tomorrow apparently is going to be like twenty six degrees. It'll be like it's the middle of the summer, but today it was like it was ten degrees because that's what happens in Canada with this goddamn global warming. Oh, guys, don't get me started on the global warming and um. Climate change. Oh, God, I wish they'd call it climate change from the beginning. Then people might figure out why. Or not figure out why, but at least understand that uh, shit is going down. That tornadoes and shit are blowing through Ottawa. Freaking Ottawa, Canada. Getting ravaged by tornadoes. What the shit, right? I almost moved there. Almost moved there. Would have been hit by a tornado. I don't want that. Anyway, you keep a hat. Get yourself a thin beanie. First of all, they look cool. You know those stretchy hats that go over your ears? You can you can still wear a hat, but without looking like a total lunatic. You know, you wear one of those goddamn, uh, you know, toques with the big tassel on top. I mean, you know, that looks foolish. You gotta... Now, you can own that look. You go right ahead. In fact, one of my favorite hats is one where you have two tassels on top. Because you gotta go all the way. You're like, yeah. I have two friggin' pom-poms on top of my head. I am not trying to look dapper. But, I mean, you want to put on, like, a longshoreman coat? Those are my favorite, you know? Like, every the, the, the pea coats, they're called. Oh, I love them. Love the way they look. You feel like Jason Bourne walking around in your fucking three-quarter length coat. It's like, you know, I just want to sit on this park bench, officer. Don't harass me or I'm going to knock out you and your friend. Before I even know what I'm doing. I don't know anything, but I know the license plate of every car in that parking lot. 
that's how I feel when I'm wearing the longshoreman jacket, the pea coat. And so you can't go ruining that with a fucking tassel hat. Tassel? What are they called? Who knows? I don't do any research, so I'm never going to find out. But I think they're called tassels now that I think about it. Anyway, ruins your whole suave demeanor, you know? You can't... Eddie Bauer doesn't sell those things. Eddie Bauer. That's, it's just that's where I bought my first peacoat. I don't even know if they're a store anymore. But uh, so you get yourself a beanie. And it's, it's just a form-fitting, goes on over the old skull, and it's subtle. But your ears are warm, and the top of your head is warm. That's where you lose all your heat. That's what science tells me. You lose all your heat off the top of your head. So you get yourself one of those beanies. And then they're thin. And you have just you fold it up and you carry it in a pocket of your jacket. Your fall jacket. And that way, if it gets a little bitey, a little cold out there, you just whip that shit out, boom, on the head. My wife, you know, she doesn't listen to me. Until it's too late. We're out in the park and she's like, it's cold. And do you know what I did, guys? Because I am a man. I gave her my beanie. Gave it to her. Didn't even go with her outfit. She looked ridiculous. Anyway, she insisted on giving it back, which ruined the whole chivalrous nature of of my giving it to her. So then I said, well, if you're not going to wear it, I'm not going to wear it. That way I was thinking, she'll think, well, at least it'd be better if someone wears it. But no, no, she stood her ground, wouldn't wear it. And then I didn't wear it, even though I would liked, would have liked to wear it. But I was making a point. So what I did instead was I did some sprints. I was uh, showing my boy how to run lines. I would go to one tree, tag it, run back to another tree, tag it, and I was back and forth between the two. Like I, like I was uh, in football practice, you know, running lines. We're doing a drill here, Sammy. And uh, he was laughing his ass off. Loved it. So uh, we, we, we ran our lines, and then I got warm enough that I didn't need the hat anymore. So put it back in the, in the emergency pocket, just in case. That's... That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, we're at the park. Uh, ready? Ready for cold weather. And uh, there's peop- there's dudes in the park. It's on a holiday, whether it be the weekend or like today is a, is a statutory holiday in uh, Canada. So everybody's off for the most part. And there were these dudes at the park. One of them looked like a really handsome Jason Sudeikis. You know, some people are like, well, I think Jason Sudeikis is handsome. You're wrong. All right? And Jason, I know you're an avid listener of the podcast, and I apologize, but you know it too, buddy. You know it. You are a six to a seven. And and Jason, listen when I tell you. I I am also that, okay? I feel feel you and I are the same level of attractiveness. That's that's how I feel about it. And um, so... Take that for for what you will. I, I'm not saying you're you're butt ugly, but I'm saying you're no better than a Mark Bennett. All right, I know that hurts to hear, but that's that's the way I see it. So this other guy, he was like you know, a more handsome, far more handsome, Jason Sudeikis. I'm gonna put if I'm putting Jason Sudeikis at a seven, then this guy's got to be he had to be a, a solid eight. If not, eight and a half. 
and uh, dressed nicely. And then this goddamn asshole opens his mouth. And he had the most charming Irish accent I have ever heard. He was, hey, yeah, we were just over at the zoo. Yeah, it was great. It was had, they had to line up for the pandas once upon a time, but now you can just go in and see the pandas. Oh, the pandas pandemonium has calmed down, he said. That's what he said. It was, it was cute. The one sentence I heard from him was funny and charming, and he had that accent. Pandas pandemonium has calmed down. Yeah, goddamn Irish model Jason Sudeikis. Why are you so angry, Mark? I don't know. I was born that way. Like Lady Gaga says, baby, I was born this way. The reason I'm angry is because old Irish Jason Sudeikis, he was Johnny Energy as well. So his kids, you know, he'd take them out and he would uh, roughhouse with them. He was like dragging them around the park, swinging them by the ankles. They were all laughing their asses off. He was fucking running around and like... uh, Long-time listeners to the podcast, you guys know that uh, I'm much better at sitting than I am at standing. Not a real high-energy dude. You were like, but Mark, you have a bone disease. And I'm like, I know, guys. I know you're looking out for me. But I I don't think that's the... I think I'm also just lazy. But, uh, but look, some people... Jeff Van Gundy, he's a basketball announcer. Um, he phrased it best. And he was talking about guys on the bench, you know, like they had uh, uh, Russell Westbrook. So if you don't know basketball, Russell Westbrook is one of the best players in the NBA, and he never stops. He is the he is relentless on offense and defense. He's absolutely, well, he's not that great defensively, but he's still relentless. He's always running. He's very, very high energy. And um, even when the coach puts him on the bench to take a quote-unquote rest, he just stands and jumps and cheers his teammates on. And so they were asking Jeff Van Gundy, the announcer, hey, because he was a former basketball coach, they say, shouldn't Russell Westbrook just take a break right now? He's, he's you know, the team is going to need him later. He goes, ah, oh, he doesn't need a break. And he said, some guys are energy guys and some guys are sleepy guys. He's an energy guy. And they were like, oh, thanks for your scientific definition, Jeff. And he laughed. He was like, I don't know what to tell you. I know coaching hundreds of if not thousands of players over the years, I know some guys have energy and some guys don't. Some guys are always up and some guys are always down. And then there's your, your guys in the middle. And he said Russell is one of those high-energy dudes. So Jason Model Sudeikis, this dude is all like, hey, hey. So I'm getting all fucking annoyed, right? Because I'm looking at him going, hey. What am I, some kind of not good dad? Like, I think that at least that, that's what, you know, commercials would have you believe. Fathers are throwing their children in piles of leaves, you know, to be eaten alive by bugs. Fun dads tossing their kids around, you know, wearing like vests, like those, those puffy vests with no, with no sleeves that say Columbia on them. Or, or Mountain Equipment Co-op. He had one of those, too, of course. Like a fucking GQ photo shoot with his goddamn kids. But here's the thing. I knew the kids. I have, I have seen them before because I take care of my boy in the day. 
And so I'm taking them to, you know, drop-in centers and, uh, and uh, family gym time, you know, where he runs around and plays sports and all that shit. Because I know, even though I don't have the energy to do it, if I bring them somewhere, you know, where, where, where there's, there's people, like baby lifeguards are on, are on duty, then he can run wild. And I can maybe slump in the corner. And just that, that way we, we both win. So I've seen these children of this Irishman, right? But I've never seen that guy before. So I says to my wife, I'm like, oh, yeah, easy to put in a big effort when it's the one time a month you actually go out with your kids. Am I right? Expecting a high five from my wife. You know what she says? You know what she says? She says, well, yeah, they're probably working hard all week, though, you know, trying to provide for their families. And I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. How about that? Happy Thanksgiving. Jesus. Sorry. I had a piece of something in my face. I had to spit it out. You know, what are you going to do? So anyway, she laughs. We're joking. She says we're joking. She knows that I work hard. At, you know, as hard as I can work. That I do I do comedy. I do my stand-up. I go out. I do my shows. And in the days, I take care of my boy, even though I have no energy whatsoever, which is why I'm considering going on the carnivore diet. I probably won't, but I'm considering it. Yes, I know. I haven't eaten meat in years, but still. Anyway, let me tell you something. If you told me that I would be an energy guy eating the carnivore diet, I'd have to do it. The animals, I'd have, I'd, I'd have, they'd have to die. And now I do my best. I'd want them raised humanely, you know, let them die of old age, being, you know, petted by supermodels, and then slowly drift off into the Netherlands. The Netherlands? The Netherworld. Or they could go to the Netherlands. I, when you die, I don't know where you go. Maybe everybody goes to the Netherlands. Yeah, I'll do my best. But if you fuck up be an energy guy, oh my god, and get my bones back, I would do it. What, would you not do it? If you if if you thought it could make you way healthier, especially if you had a a uh what do you call them? Chronic illness like myself? Anyway. So my wife, my I I know she I know she knows that I I'm putting in my best effort. Um, but still, I still kind of was like, you know what? Maybe I should be more, you know, either, uh, work. No, I can't work in the days though. You know what I mean? I, 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 then I got to stop doing stand up. That makes no sense. But I was just, if I could have more energy, do you know, just in life in general. So I'm starting to feel a bit like maybe I'm not being a good enough dad. To my son. And then he's just it's like like magic. As I'm carrying him home, because he wouldn't sit in a stroller, and I don't have the energy to fight him. As I'm carrying him home, he starts uh playing a game where he tries to kiss me on the mouth. Now, it's a weird game, I grant you, but it's my wife's fault. What happened is she kisses him on the mouth because she's gross. Alright? It's a disgusting thing to do. And I've told her several times, 
You never kiss your children on the mouth. What's wrong with you? Stop it. I, my, my son shouldn't be kissing anyone on the mouth except Naomi, his Brazilian model girlfriend. You know, you know that popular Brazilian name, Naomi? Anyways, she does it. So one day he thought, you know, when his mom, his mom's on his mom's suggestion, she was like, Sam, give your father a kiss. And I'm assuming he's going to come in for the cheek, right? Like a, like a real man. And he starts going for the lips. So I just, I just, I go, mm, you know that thing where you suck your lips down your throat? And then I move my head. <laughs> and my wife is appalled. She's like, you're not going to kiss your son? And I'm like, nope. And the boy thinks it's hysterical. He couldn't have found it funnier. So then he keeps trying to kiss me. But I keep moving my head and we laugh and we laugh. And now he just does that all the time. I don't think he even tried. Like he actually, because he once he got me, but it was just a headbutt to the nose. So I'm not sure he ever actually had intended to kiss me on the mouth. But either way, that's the game now. And um, he hadn't played the game in quite a while. But going home from uh, the friggin' Irish... Shangri-La, we, uh, he, start, he started playing the game. And then then for the rest of the day, he was also all about dad. You know, he kept wanting to play toys with me, would bring him over. I've been doing this thing where all, all of his stuffed animals have different accents. I try to do like a, I don't know, like a Spanish accent or a French accent or a Swedish one or whatever. You know, just, I'm so bored sometimes, guys, when I'm playing with him because since I don't have the energy to run around then I just have to sit there you know and and play toys with him and um he doesn't have a lot to contribute so I got I got to do all the heavy lifting so I, I make up voices sometimes to entertain myself and it turns out that entertains him as well and uh so he, he he wanted me to do the voices he wanted me so and then he wanted me to to take a bath with him today and then to to uh put him down in bed, and my wife's like, oh, clearly you're his favorite. I'm like, you know what? Jealous much? The thing is, Sarah, I said to her, he he, he felt it. He felt me having a down day, a down dad day, where he's like, maybe I'm not so good as a dad. Maybe if I was, you know, uh, more of a rough and tumble, you know, jump up and down trampoline dad. Maybe Sam would have more fun. And he was trying to be like, you know what, Dad? You and your stupid voices, your creative play, that, that's, a, that's right up my alley. I don't need Iris Jason Sudeikis whipping me around. That looks dangerous, Dad. I don't want that shit. Just take me on a nice, quiet stroll where we identify plants and trees. We had a nice day. Oh, my God. I'm sweating my guts out in here. How long have I done? 19 minutes. Okay. Again, this one's not going to be long. I might do 30 and then run back up. I fucking love this time of year. Just basketball's about to start. Football's in full swing. Hockey has started. The best of all baseball playoffs are on. And the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox are going to go right up there and watch that. 
I don't have any beer, which is sad. But I got to get off the beer, probably. I got to get off everything. See, the reason the carnivore diet, guys, is something that's appealing is that I think a lot of people's problem is that uh, they're allergic to shit. You know, like their guts are allergic to all kinds of plants and uh, additives and fibers and all kinds of shit, you know? And so a lot of people try very hard to figure out how to get rid of the problems they have in their guts. But, it, you know, there's so many interactions. I mean, you eat a friggin' loaf of bread, God knows what's in there, you know, where you have anything. A cookie, doesn't matter. There's a million different ingredients. Whereas the carnivore diet, if you're just eating meat... That's that's it. There's nothing to irritate your stomach other than meat. So as long as you can digest meat, which apparently most people can quite readily, then your stomach maybe gets a big break. And maybe all the shit that was inflamed starts to calm down. And then you can start absorbing nutrients. And maybe maybe you get some nutrients in, in too little quantities. And man, But you could start adding in a supplement maybe. And see, as long as your stomach can handle it, and maybe you could top yourself up with a supplement. Now, I don't like this. I wish it wasn't the case. And it probably isn't. You know, well, one of the things they talk about is like, oh, a lot of these carnivore diet people, they uh, their blood work is fine and their heart, their, their, uh, they check their heart and it's all fine. And, you know, so there's no reason not to. But nobody says that they didn't get cancer because it's such a new diet. There's no way to do long-term effects, you know? And uh, basically doctors are like, well, if you... You eat a lot of meat, especially red meat, you're just going to you're going to get cancer. Probably lots of colon cancer and everything else. So, you know, that's one of my worries is that if my guts are always inflamed, like people who have uh celiac disease often get uh lymphoma. They get some kind of lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, something like that. And uh they're saying it's because of the irritation in the small intestine or or the thing you're allergic to in gluten um it can lead to non So people who have celiac have a much higher chance of getting non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that starts to make me think, well, if my guts are inflamed all the time, that might lead to me getting some kind of cancer. And, uh, and I already got the, you know, the bad bones, which appears to be some kind of malabsorption issue. So if that's the case, if malabsorption, like, and celiac is a malabsorption disease. So they say people who have malabsorption problems, run higher risks of certain types of cancers, then it makes me go, well, I would prefer to not have that happen. But if the way I try to solve it is I eat nothing but meat, which then gives me cancer, that's probably not good either, right? Honest to God, the the first and only podcast I think my brother ever listened to, it was when he switched to the keto diet and I mocked him relentlessly. I said he, because he had, he had, what was it? Uh a steak wrapped in bacon or something like that. And they were all talking about it like it was healthy. And I said, there's just no way. That is simply can't be the case. But uh, turns out, now I'm looking at an even more extreme version of that. You'll probably go into ketosis, they say. A lot of people who, who are on the carnivore diet, they say you go into a form of ketosis where your body is using fat for energy. Ooh, maybe that's maybe that's why people become energy guys. They use fat for energy instead of all the goddamn wheat and shit that I'm eating. You know? 
They use fat for energy instead of uh, that carbohydrates. Anyway, of course everyone says, oh, just eat a balanced diet. That's the way to go. I agree. If you're out there and you have no chronic illness, there's nothing wrong with you. If you're Iris Jason Sudeikis, you go ahead and you eat your fucking balanced diet. All right? But uh, what about those of us who are suffering? Those of us whose bones are disappearing. Those of us who watch other people throw their children around and think, I wish I could throw my child dangerously. What about them? What should they do? Hmm? Anyway, the the thing is, I won't be able to drink any more beer, which of course is for the best, but not in my opinion. I, I know it's for the best for your health probably, but I, I, I enjoy drinking beer. So that that'll make me sad. I mean, some people they they go on a the, a ketone vegan diet. Apparently, you can do that. So I'll look into that shit. Apparently, it's just so it's high protein, high fat, and uh, there are ways to do it. You know, and then I can cut out all. But you know what? I tell you what, guys, this stuff seems so much easier to me if you were a single dude. If I was like when I lived in Los Angeles, I was there with a roommate, and he was also a comedian, and we. We just went to the grocery store, and so at Ralph's, the grocery store in L.A., uh, at 2 a.m., which is when I would always shop, I would go to the gym at midnight, and I'd come back at 2 a.m., and what they would always, they would always have steaks on for uh, two two for five dollars because they were trying to get rid of them. It was the end of the day, and they, they were close to expiry, something like that, so I would just buy these almost expired steaks for dirt cheap. So like real like T-bone steaks for 250. And then like if you put them in the freezer, they won't go bad. Also, if you cook them immediately, they won't go bad. So I would just go home and cook two steaks. And that's what I would eat. So I was almost on a carnivore diet in Los Angeles just by accident. I was I wasn't thinking about vegetarian or veganism at the time. I was uh I was just not very good at cooking things. And steaks were cheap. So I was buying them. And my wife to this day says that was the best I ever looked. And of course it was. I was in Los Angeles for fuck's sake. I was going to auditions for TV. I'm working out every night at midnight. I'm, I'm, I'm getting tanned up because it's, it's L.A. I was 30 years old, you know, or 29, I think, 29 years old. Of course I look good. So it's not fair to say that, but still can't deny it. Can't deny that it was a it was a good time for me, in in the old looks department. But that's not what I'm concerned about right now. I'm married, and I'm going to have two kids soon enough. So I'm not really, I don't really give a shit about the way. I, of course, I like it. I, the way I look is a little bit important. You know, it you should always put in a bit of an effort. Just don't give up on life entirely, guys. But I'm really more worried about sticking around. You know, trying to. Trying to keep it going. So, fuck it, man. I'll do it if I if I if I have to. Right? Man, oh man. Growing up, getting old, looking for houses and shit. Still doing it. Glad to be staying in Toronto, but uh but I'm all we haven't bought a house yet, but I'm already feeling the pressure. The pressure to uh to do better, you know, to make more money. Now, I don't want, I don't want it to turn into something where, like, they say the number one reason 
that people get divorced is money stressors. So I don't want us to get into a, a situation where money has become a stress on our relationship. As it stands right now, we live frugally because we rent. And so we're not worried about money on a month-to-month basis. But what we are worried about is room because we're going to have a second kid and we already have one and we have a two-bedroom apartment. And we need we need to spread out a little bit. But we have to stay in Toronto because that's where both of our jobs are. So what are you going to do in the most unaffordable time in Toronto's history. That's the truth. This is the most unaffordable time for housing in Toronto's history. So we're going to buy anyway, because, you know, fuck it. What we're going to do is we're going to look for um, rental income. We're going to try to buy a property that uh, has a rental unit in it. So we'll basically be landlords for, we want to do the Airbnb with it and the rules still allow for you to do that at this point they may change them soon and then we'll have to have a full-time tenant which i don't love the idea of you know having the same person there and you're responsible for having an airbnb person a you charge more per month but b you know you uh they're gone if they suck you just see you later you're you're not we're not booking you in here anymore we get to choose you know whether or not we we let people stay there and if, like, Sarah's mom shows up or my dad shows up and they want to spend some time at our place, it was, here you go, here's your in-law suite. Separate entrance. Have at it, old man Bennett. See you around. We'll be upstairs. You know? Sounds good to me. So that's the way we're thinking about doing it. Because that way, you know, if the housing market goes way down, which it might, see, they, eh, let me tell you something dudes and dudettes out there. I've been combing through a lot of research. I have been very negative on real estate since 2010. And a lot of it is like this guy Garth Turner, fucking Garth Turner, who was bleating on about how prices rose too fast. Back in 2009, he was saying that shit. Let me tell you something. We still hadn't recovered fully from the 1990 housing crash. So how could we have been in a bubble at that point? Houses prices hadn't even recovered from 19 years ago. Yes, son of a bitch. Anyway, of course, then real estate really took off from 2010 to 2018. And um, so I, there's no doubt. Now everybody thinks real estate is too expensive in Canada. So I've been reading. I've been trying my best to find the real information. And here's what I think is the real information. Uh, we are in a bubble we're far above the housing trend line that has been going on since the 40s we're uh we well exceed it so that means houses house prices will come down now people keep predicting this crash but what i've deduced from my research is that house prices often don't crash quickly in Canada. It's a slow, drawn-out process. It's not like Florida and the U.S. and then 2008. What you what happens in Canada is it goes down a little bit one year. And people are like, oh, that's, that's too bad. And then the next year is like, hey, is, is it still going down? And it, it can be... There was an 11-year period from 1974 to 1985 where the housing market went down a little tiny bit every year. 11-year downturn. So far, we've had one year of downturn in 2018. That means, by that logic, if I was waiting for the bottom, I might be waiting until 2028 
My kids are fucking almost moved out of the goddamn house. Because I'm, I'm going to make them move out when they're 10 years old. Um, but do you know what I'm saying? So, barring some kind of economic event, as they call it, that would throw us into a deep recession, Canada will probably see real estate prices decline slowly, but significantly, over a period of years. That's my. That's what I think will happen after doing a lot of, let's go down the middle research. I started reading pro-real estate people and anti-real estate people, and I started to look for the middle. You got to look for the middle in life. Guys, long-time listeners of the podcast, you guys know when Trump got elected, I started saying that type of shit about politics and people's belief system. You got to start going down the middle a little bit. Don't scream on one side or the other too much. Don't become an extremist in either sense because there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of bullshit out there, and there's a lot of manipulation tactics, and it all revolves around fucking money. And this shit is no different. This housing stuff, you know, just there's there's bullshit on both sides. You got to find the center and then try to figure out what is best for you. You know, I wrote some I wrote in frustration on some blog. It's got a better dwelling. Uh, it's it's very popular for real estate bears, people who think that uh, real estate's going to go down hard. They're all they flock to that website. And I read it all the time because they have a lot of good information. And um, at one point I wrote them a few weeks ago and uh, in the comment section. And I said, you know what? I laid off buying a condo in 2009 because guys like Garth Turner said we were in a bubble and it'd be really nice to have that $600,000 condo because it would have gone up from the 200000 I would have paid to 600000 That's right. So it would have been nice to have that $600,000 to lay in on a house so that we could actually get a nice place here in Toronto. And some guy wrote back, he was very sensible. He said, yeah, that guy was wrong because... It was 2009, and like I said earlier in the podcast, we hadn't even fully recovered, he said, from the 1990 real estate crash. So, of course, you know, we weren't in a bubble. He said, you got to see what's best for you, do your own research, make your own decisions. That's what that guy wrote. And I don't know who he is, but I love him because that's exactly what I started doing. I mean, I thought I was doing the research prior. Uh, prior? Prior. I thought I was doing the research prior. But what I was doing was a lot of that Fox News, CNBC bullshit where you have an opinion and you start researching people who agree with you and you get that fucking cycle of reinforcement going. That cyclone of hate, you know, gets released out in the the Ottawa suburbs. That's what those tornadoes really were. Cyclones of hate floating around. So... Once I let that go and I started to go, because, you know, real estate agents have told us, you know, real estate in, in hot cities, in, 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 in demand cities, it doubles every 10 years. And they say shit like that. And it sounds like it's right. And you do the research. And sometimes the numbers seem to support that. It does seem like in cities like Toronto or San Francisco or Paris that the price doubles every 10 years. But here's the thing. They say that is basically a 7% appreciation every year for 10 years will give you a doubling in price. But that 
doesn't factor in inflation, which is often 3% or higher per year. So there's that. And then it's also that's over an average of a long period of time. So in fact, like people think real estate only goes up. Here's what I found out, guys. In the last 63 years in Canada, 23 of those years had a decline in real estate prices if you adjust for inflation. So while that's uh, two-thirds of the time real estate prices do go up adjusted for inflation, it's not what people think where real estate always goes up. So even on paper, you're like, hey, that $200,000 house turned into a million-dollar house in, in 30 years. That What a great investment. Not really. If you factor in inflation, it turns out that, in fact, that I didn't do the numbers. I'm just throwing out numbers right now. So if you're doing calculations, go fuck yourself. But what I'm saying is that with compounded inflation, that 200000 of course, is going to turn into a big number. That's how inflation works. It doesn't mean the property. Anyway, a lot of you guys know this. But what I'm saying is I've done some research, and I think while I do think prices are going to go down, and who knows? There could be a sharp decline. All of a sudden, Trump goes, hey, go fuck yourselves. And he starts like throwing nuclear bombs or, you know, he stops whatever they buy from us. Cars? I don't know what they fucking buy. Lumber? Maple syrup? Whatever it is. They stop buying all the maple syrup. All of a sudden, we go into a major recession. Prices fall off a cliff. It could happen. It could. I just don't think it will. You know? Because last time it happened, the interest rates were crazy high. They were like 11%. At some point, apparently they were 16%. So, anyway, that's not happening. We're in a low interest rate environment. And we probably will stay in a decently low interest rate environment. Interest rate will go up a little bit. But that's what I mean. It'll go up a little bit. In So, houses, they'll look stagnant as people say. So prices, they might look like they're just not moving for seven, eight, ten years, but they are moving. They're moving down because inflation is continuing to happen. So a $900,000 house that is $900,000 ten years later, that didn't stay the same. Guys, I know that's basic math. What I'm saying is that's the type of bullshit you're getting from real estate pumpers. And then on the other side, you get all this bullshit from people saying, uh, you know, God, it's going to crash. What goes up must come down. Blah, blah, blah. Sky is falling. Don't you worry. Real estate price is going to revert to 1995. It's like, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. So you find out, you do the research, and you make the best decision for yourself. My friend Dennis. Oh, man, I'm already at 38 minutes. I guess this is a regular length podcast. Oh, well, congratulations, everybody. My friend Dennis, he says to me, listen. Because I would tell them all this shit about how I wish we had bought, you know, back in the day. And he said, yeah, but you weren't ready to buy then. And who, how are you to know what you were going to do? And is there anything you could have even done about it? You could not possibly have planned or had anything to do with the fact that you'll be 40 years old during a, a large real estate bubble. 40 years old with two kids during a very difficult time to buy real estate. But you need to buy it. In your opinion, you want your family a little more secure. Renting a larger place is all is the same price, basically, per month as buying a place. 
Sure, you keep your down payment and you can invest that, but at the end of a house payment, you have a house, so you can sell that. So he's like, you know, what are you going to do? Don't beat yourself up. You just happen to be... Things, things, you're a product of your environment. And sometimes, you know, you're 40 years old with one kid and another one on the way, and it's time to buy something, and prices are expensive. That's just, that's the way it goes. But let me tell you, I want this rental income, and here's why I want it more than anything, is that I want to be able to put away some money still so that if and when the prices do go down, five, six, seven, eight, ten years, 15 years decline, let's say, you're ready to pick up something else. Pick it up when prices are super low and everyone thinks real estate's a bad idea. Buy when everybody says don't buy. Like right now, everybody's saying buy because, yeah, prices are sky high. And that way we have something for Sam and Ella. You know, little Sam and Ella, those two crazy kids, they're going to have they're going to have a nice six billion dollar mansion because we'll have bought it when it was on sale in 2028. People will be like, how do you how do you guys live in such a nice place? They'll say to Sam and Ella. And those two will say, because our dad, he gave a shit. No, he didn't swing us around by the ankles. He didn't have a charming accent where he talked about the pandas. No, but you know what he did? He bought our house for pennies, pennies on the dollar. And look at us now. We're spoiled brats who never had to work a day in our lives. and We're awful people. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I got to go watch some sports now. Man, this is a great time of year. I said shut up. Good night.